Hi, Mike. This is Rami. I'm from Lake Forest. You're listening to 1590 WCGO, Chicago's Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in three, two, you're on. Live from a cul-de-sac somewhere in Evanston, Illinois, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. After 20 years, still Chicago's only deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Saturday morning on 1590 WCGO. Chicago's Smart Talk. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. True currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine will... Good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. Clean beaches and sparkling sand. He won't make her double dig in her garden if she doesn't make him try broccoli aromatherapy. Here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. High forests, no wetlands, well, good planets are in demand. I knew it. Good job. All right. Good morning, Peggy Malecki. Good morning, Mike. You're wearing your crocus outfit. <laughs> Which we mentioned on Mighty House with uh, Ron Cowgill just uh, a little earlier. Uh, welcome to the show. Jam-packed as always. Well, we only have an hour once again. <laughs> we're still like, uh, we're holding vigil candles in the hopes that at some point they will... Or lighters. Ex- lighters. But not today because <laughs> the place will go up because oh, of yes. all the stuff Robbie put in the air here. So... We're not we're not doing that, uh, but you know someday, someday, our prince will come, our second hour will arrive on our doorstep, and we will be mightily surprised. Uh, but today, uh, a very interesting conversation in the second segment. And if you listen to my, the end of Mighty House, you'll know that Ron Cowgill from Mighty House is going to join us because he's affected by this. It is. Well, uh, a composting operation that is scheduled or planned for um, unincorporated Cook County in the Glenview area across the street, basically, from Oakton Community College, uh, and it is causing quite a controversy. And um, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to describe it, but it's really, really hard for me not to sort of say that it's anti-science. It's in in the long run, you know, if you look at the big picture, mm-hmm. it's kind of the whole uh, hubbub about it. And if you live in the area and you've heard about it and you want to weigh in, because we're going to have uh, one of the folks uh, with the project, uh, John Lardner, is going to be here in studio uh, to talk about it. And it is uh, Patriot Acres LLC is the name of the outfit that wants to put in the composting operation. Uh, if you ever listen to my show, if you've listened to it any time, you know how much I value compost. Good stuff. We should be all composting. Uh, and uh, the idea that folks could get their torches and pitchforks and rail against a composting operation seems a little odd until you look at all the fear that is yeah. surrounding it. So the we're going to fear the emotion, the, the fear, the emotion. And that's. What, where the anti-science yeah. part comes in. So um, John Lardner and, and Ron Calgill will be back, and we will talk about that project and why it is so controversial. Uh, and then uh, after that, Carol Freeman is going to be on the show. She has a mission, and she wants to photograph all 480, 483 threatened and endangered species in Illinois. Um, and uh, we've bumped into her in a couple mm-hmm. of places, and so we're very excited to have her on the show. She's got a, uh, a show starting April 23rd out in Deerfield at the Ryerson. Yeah, so that's why yeah. we've got her here. Be uh, great. And uh, we're very excited to talk about this. I mean, it's sad that we have so many endangered species, 483, um, and that's just the tip of the iceberg, really, uh, if you look at it. But, you know, uh, I want to find out why she got involved in this how she got involved in this and uh and we're going to learn a lot and you'll be able to see some of these beautiful photographs we have one of them on the website right now mike dot net okay okay 
Peggy, take it away. Have you taken advantage of the Mike Novak Show special offer at the Sugar Beet Food Co-op in Oak Park? Uh, it's catching. Yes, it's, it is. <laughs> and yes, the Sugar Beet is a community-owned grocery store, but it's open to everyone, and it features local and organic products. Stop in, mention the Mike Novak Show, and you'll get $5 off any purchase of $15 or more. The Sugar Beet Food Co-op is at 812 Madison, just west of Oak Park Avenue, and online at sugarbeet.coop. That's sugarbeet.coop, and I said coop because co-op doesn't typewrite. Ah, it's coop, but it is co-op. All right. All right, is this the year you finally get your lawn off drugs? But, oh no! Yeah, you know it's those lawns. They 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 get on those drugs, those chemicals, and then they don't respond. They 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 ignore you and they do their own thing. But why stop there? Why not work with your city, your park district, and your local schools to create a neighborhood of lawns that are beautiful and safe? Logic Lawn Care is an Evanston-based company with a decade of experience managing large turf areas naturally. They would be happy to sit down with you, your local school or municipality to answer any questions and to give you a free lawn care estimate. Go to LogicLawnCare.com or call 847-421-6500, 847-421-6500. We're, we're headed to the break. One quick thing. I want, Oh, of course. No, there it is. Good. My computer didn't. Uh, uh, I got an email from my friend uh, Dan Costa. He says, I hear your guest lament that's difficult to locate milkweed plants. Well, you can go to Vern Goer's Greenhouse. They've got about 200 common milkweed and about 50 showy milkweed. Wow. So head over to Vern Goer's. We'll be right back. Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? That's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural, professional hair care products available to make sure you get exceptional color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins ordinarily found in hair color, perms, and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots offers non-toxic, vegan-friendly nail services. They've also just introduced a complete menu of natural hair care services for textured hair of all lengths. And how many salons do you think repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting? Walk into 21st century hair care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at organicrootsecosalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. You no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. Hey, this is Peggy. When I speak at local events, people often ask me, aren't you the Peggy in Natural Awakenings ads? And that makes me happy because it reminds me that Chicagoans want to lead healthier lives. A Natural Awakenings magazine helps them do just that. Natural Awakenings is the greenest, healthiest magazine in the Chicago area. Each month, we bring you the latest information about health and wellness, complementary medicine, fitness and exercise, raising healthy kids, and even keeping your pets healthy. You'll find articles about healthy homes, too, including gardening, energy efficiency, and green living. And if you love good food, you'll always find tasty recipes and healthy cooking hints. Check out our monthly calendar. It's full of events to keep you connected. Natural Awakenings is available in more than 1,100 locations throughout the city, as well as suburban Cook, Lake, and McHenry counties. And it's free. Or visit us at nachicago.com. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. This is Sports Director Kevin Burgess. Make sure you catch my sports report every day from 5 to 7 p.m. on French and Friends, sponsored by 1090 Brewing. The dog days are gone, and you know how I know that? Because Ron Cogill is, <laughs> is here in the studio. This first time you've... No, you you sneaked in, I think, on the first day or something like that, maybe. Yeah, I tried to be your weatherman, but you, you kicked oh, that, me out. You said, get your butt out of here. I, I've seen what you do to the plants in your yard. I certainly don't want you making weather prognostications here on the Mike Novak Show. He'll be Sun- rototilling the weather. Yeah. That's right. It's sunny, clear, raining, and uh, maybe some snow later. And there we go. And the reason Ron is here is not because he is the host of Mighty House, and you should listen to them on uh, 1590 WCGO from 7 to 10 a.m. every Saturday morning, right before our show. 
Uh, but because he sent me something a couple of weeks ago uh, that he had received in the mail and was kind of concerned about. Uh, Ron, you want to explain what that was? Well, it wasn't me. It was the boss. The, oh, the, oh boss the boss got it. The okay. boss got it in the mail. So all of a sudden it was there's going to be this composting thing that's going to be as the crow flies, maybe a half a mile from my house. And it says anything within five miles of this new composting facility is going to stink. And it's going to stink <laughs> to high heaven in our neighborhoods. And you got to get rid of us. We got to stop this now. You can't have this composting going on. I said, we do it right here in the kitchen. It's, it's outside. We're composting outside all the time. All our neighbors do it, too. That doesn't stink. She, well, this says it's going to stink. We're going to have to stop this. I said, well, let me look into it. So I sent it to Mike Novak. <laughs> and I started investigating this and uh, learning a little more about it. And then um, I got an email from uh, John Lardner, who is here in the studio. And he's one of the guys behind this operation, the proposed operation. And, John, welcome. Well, thank you, Mike, and thank you, Peggy. Glad to be here. Uh, John is the co-owner of Patriot Acres, LLC. Uh, why don't you just, let's just explain what the operation is, how it got started, why Why do you want to set up shop there? Uh, thanks, Mike. Uh, the reason we want to set up shop at the Des Plaines Landfill, I've worked in the composting industry in the Chicago area for 15 years. In best locations in the area are on top of closed landfills. You have a lot of the infrastructure there. The um, surroundings are usually you have pretty good uh, separation distance from other people. So landfills make an excellent candidate for a compost facility, and I've designed several on landfills in the area. Why do they make an excellent site? Again, because usually the landfill has uh, uh, distance from it from receptors, meaning residents. It also has usually a gentle slope on top, which helps you with your storm water. You've got usually a good entrance road that comes into the site and good access inside. So a lot of those things that you normally have to spend a lot of money for mm -hmm. to develop a compost facility, you've already got there for you. The, the truck access and everything's already there, too, for, for the larger trucks to come in. If they uh, absolutely. To. The uh, the entrance there is, is pretty much set for, for trucks because that's what came into the site. Right. And, well, and, and Well, let's go right to that because... We'll get to the stink issue in, in, <laughs> in, 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 a, in a second. But one of the other issues, people are saying, oh, my goodness, there's going to be so many more trucks. What's going to happen? Well, that's, uh, again, it's, uh, it's how you look at the numbers. Um, one says, geez, 16,000 trucks a year, that's a lot. Well, the Central Avenue, on an average daily basis, gets 15,000 500 vehicle trips a day. Very crowded our, section. Yeah, our, our 70 trucks are less than half a percent of that volume, and, 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 and people won't even notice. And it. it's across the street from Oakton Community College, so I mean, there's already a lot of traffic going in and out of that area anyway. Well, and, and that's true. In a lot of the transfer trucks with the yard waste are already coming from the uh, Swank transfer station that's right across the, the river. Mm -hmm. So those trucks are now driving 40, 50 miles away to a compost site. Instead, now they're going to drive a quarter mile over to our site. They're already on the road. It's just that now they'll go to, hopefully, they'll go to Central Avenue instead mm -hmm. of going up 50 miles north. Right. So that is, in essence, a non-issue, really. Absolutely. Uh, now, <laughs> let's get to the other one, which is really important, because we don't really have all that much time. And you've already had, there were, there have been meetings about this, as, as Ron mentioned, emails are going out, and they're all hysterical okay there's the it's the only way to put it they're all hysterical they say you haven't been forthcoming you haven't been transparent uh this is all happening behind our backs what about the the legal issues of this uh the the, the legal issues and again i'm an engineer so i rely on my uh attorneys who are in the uh, development process to tell us how we have to go about doing a special use and so we followed their recommendations again because we like this site there are no receptors or people to notify around the site, which is a good thing. Unfortunately, nobody got the notification on this. The communities did. We met with the village of Glenview and the city displays to uh, describe the project. They were all they seemed all for it. They did not oppose us at the special use. So I got a sense that people in these communities like the idea. You know, I just got I just got a tweet uh, from our friend Mark Berger who he he tweets fighting uh, crabby old nimbies who fear <laughs> and hate change. Yep. Uh, there seems to be a lot of nimby 
stuff going on here. Well, they're right. And, you know, the first uh, salvo in that regard was a flyer that went out that people like Ron got, Mm -hmm. said we're going to be the largest compost facility in the state of Illinois. Actually, in the Chicago area, we won't even be in the top 10. So, <laughs> I mean, there it is right there. Yeah. Well, well let's, let's get to that as size is, is uh, size matters. OK, especially in terms of composting. One of the things one of the people that uh, the opposition we will call it the opposition here to this uh, effort uh, have have brought in uh, is a guy who worked at a facility in Waukegan. Uh, and and he has come out and said, yeah, we no matter what we did, did the, the place stank. There, we, we couldn't control it. And the same thing's going to happen here in Glenview. How, how do you re- respond to that? Well, it, it gets, the devil's in the details. Uh, the manager there was, was to manage their mulch operation. They actually had a separate manager for the compost facility. That site tried to compost 150,000 cubic yards of of yard waste a year uh, on 5.5 acres. They're less than 1,000 feet from a large uh, residential trailer park. Our facility is doing 100,000 yards to start on 25 acres, mm-hmm. and we're, our nearest subdivision is, is 2,500 feet away. So that alone tells you uh, we've got a good start here. He also used a, a process called aerated static piles. Uh, I did a little dive into what they were doing out there. They made their aer- aerated static piles twice as long and twice as high as a good design would, would call for. So air didn't get to the end of the pile. The pile collapsed on itself, making it more dense. So when they opened up these aerated static piles, they stunk. Well, it's no surprise because they did a bad job. <laughs> well, you know, and you bring up a good point, and I want to get to your credentials in just a second, John Lardner. Uh, but anybody who composts and, and does it on uh, any scale at all knows that you need oxygen. You need to have oxygen in the process so you have an aerobic pile, mm-hmm. and that's how the microorganisms get activated and they create heat, and that's why you see the steaming on a pile. Uh, if you have anaerobic conditions, that is to say no oxygen gets in there, you're creating, um, well, you're killing organisms and you're creating ammonia, which accounts for the smell of uh a compost pile. Uh, would you care to elaborate on that? Uh, right. And um, usually the, the most of the facilities in the Chicago area use a, a windrow method, basically a long, long triangular-shaped piles. And those windrows have to be turned uh, five times in 15 days. Now, when you take a windrow and uh, it, it becomes, as soon as you turn it, it becomes anaerobic after 30 minutes. And so after you, you have to turn it five times, you're releasing all these gases into the air. We don't plan to do that here. I would never uh, want to do open windrows at this site. We're doing what's called aerated static piles, where we actually control the airflow into the pile. Every 20 minutes, we replenish the oxygen so it never goes aerobic. And then we put a biofilter, a 6- to 12-inch layer of uh, finished compost on there to absorb the gases uh, as, that come up through the pile as we're aerating it. So that's one of the methods we're using to control odors out there is aerated static piles. They and work well. How, and how the heck do you know what you're doing? Uh, well, I've been... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to be blunt? <laughs> well, uh, I, I'm a registered professional engineer. Again, like I said, I've designed in, in, uh, compost sites in the Chicago area over the last 15 years. In the last, and how many of them stink? Uh, hopefully none of them, but I don't, I don't operate those sites, so I, don't, I just design them and write the control plans. Yeah. It's up to them to operate them. But I have been to a lot of shows since I work as a sole practitioner, it's allowed me to go out to conferences like the U.S. Composting Council where I've, I've met with national experts on this. And so I, I've kind of tried to bring the best of what everybody's doing to this facility, and I've done a lot of research on that and talked to a lot of people. That's John Lardner from Patriot Acres, LLC. If uh, and Listen, hey, we're in Evanston at uh, 1590 WCGO. There's a lot of folks in this area who are concerned about it who might be within the sound of my voice. If you got one of these flyers, and you're wondering what's going on, give us a call, 847-475-1590, 847-475-1590, and uh, you can talk to John. You can ask him a question here. However, you're going to have there, – there was – okay, we got to get to this. There was, there was a uh, meeting, I guess, on Thursday, right? Thursday evening? Mount Prospect. Mount Prospect. And that was organized by – the opposition. Right. The Citizen versus Patriot Acres. Right. And that's uh, that's their website. And to be fair, I'll give that out. It's, it's uh, Citizens versus 
uh, patriotacres dot something. I, I've got it here. It's in the blog. Yeah, yeah, it's in the blog. And and there's signs now popping up. Stop the stink. Dot com. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, And I started seeing those earlier this week, too. Uh, and if any of you citizens versus Patriot Acres want to call, you're welcome to do it right now. Uh, so tell me about what did you hear at this meeting on Thursday? Well, I heard from different uh, people at the meetings. Uh, uh, one of them was a composting expert uh, who last year was still in college. so he's. Are we he's, using uh, air quotes for <laughs> a composting expert? expert. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and then they brought, again, this manager out at New Earth who talked about a lot of the issues that went out there, many of them created by bad design, which he, you know, they fostered on the people out there, which I think was unfortunate. And so I, I heard a lot of information and a lot of fear and anxiety in the audience because they're trying to say things uh, for, like, uh, a compost facility is going gonna, is gonna to cause rabies in people's pets because it creates it, it attracts wildlife that might have this. It doesn't ha- it's not that all the way. raccoons are going to be showing up and fox and and red fox and coyotes will be all well, over red the place. Fox, skunks, come on, and skunks, they're all going to be digging through this. We're going to have them all over the yeah, place. Seagulls yeah. everywhere. The, the, the real reality is 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 you've got this twelve inch layer. If they dig six inches, that material underneath is one hundred and thirty to one hundred and fifty degrees. Oh, they'll be getting think, out of there. How do they get any animals going to find that attractive? Uh, the other thing you heard uh, the other night was uh, something about poisons. Uh, yeah, I think they again when they talk about uh, th- this composting pile is going to attract uh, uh, things like rats and that, and then you mm-hmm. have to use rat poison, and the rat poison then becomes a threat to migratory birds. Well, they, they didn't ask the person who was sitting there as the expert who works at a compost facility if he had these problems. It's not been documented. It's just again. So somebody said this, but didn't ask the guy here there who was the the expert. Uh, and besides, if you use poison, isn't that going to contaminate the compost? Uh, it's at least well, a, a, it we won't could. talk about that. You, 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 wouldn't want, you wouldn't use it near your compost. Yeah. No, Absolutely of course not. you wouldn't. You know. So there's more meetings coming up. What next week? Yeah, next week we're having an open house at Oakton Community College from six thirty to eight thirty, and then at the Mount Prospect Library from five to seven on Friday. And when, I, I will make. When it, is the Oakton event? Is that uh, Friday too? No, that's Monday. Monday. No, Monday is Monday. This coming Monday, April tenth. And then the 14th at uh, Mount Prospect. And you Monday. guys set these up, right? Because, yeah, we set these up because. Uh, and you didn't actually have to, from what I understand. No, it, no, it's, it's again, we, we want to get the information mm-hmm. out to the public because we realize that, you know, people are sending out misinformation and it's working against us. And so we, everybody we've talked to about the project and gave them our information is like the idea. Mm-hmm. And it's our hope that when we get the, the true information yeah. out there, or correct, I should say, that uh, people will have a little more sense of security out there that we're doing a lot to control odors out there, not to control them, prevent them in the first place. And I was going to ask, and the county board is still voting on this? Yeah, the county boards, We, we, we our recommendation for uh, a special use to do this was uh, approved five to nothing by the uh, zoning board in Cook County because they listened to what we were saying and liked the project. Uh, and, and so, that, you know, we hope the same thing will happen with the uh, full county board. Yeah, and uh, in a very interesting kind of turn of events, uh, uh, Commissioner Peter Silvestri uh, recused himself because apparently he's involved uh, with a legal firm that had something to do with this issue. So we're really talking uh, one uh, commissioner shy. So it'd be seven making the decision, I guess, instead I of eight. It's 16. Oh, I'm sorry, 16. I'm sorry, you're right, you're right. So it's like the 15. Uh, so that's 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 kind of interesting, too. So and you, you wa- normally don't get in, that many people to agree on anything yeah. in, 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 mm-hmm. in uh, government. So Yeah. Anyway, uh, if you want more information, uh, what's your website again? Uh, it's uh, net or go to mikenovak.net. This week's show, we've got all the information. John, thank you so much for stopping by. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Uh, here's a warning. If you invite me to a dinner party and then ask me how to kill the clover in your lawn, I will unfriend you on Facebook and push your head into the gazpacho, not necessarily in that order. That's mm-hmm. because clover does things like provide nitrogen for your soil and nectar for pollinating bees. The March-April edition of Chicagoland Gardening Magazine offers even more information about what a beneficial plant clover can be. So don't mess with me or my clover or dis my column on the inside back page of every issue. Remember... 
the gazpacho. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines on newsstands everywhere, or go to chicagolandgardening.com. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600, 888-265-3600. We've actually got a minute left here. About that, right? Right, Ben? So, uh, Mr. Cowgill? Yes, sir. Are you going to get on the motorcycle today? Well, I, I was already on it this morning on oh, the way in. So. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So it doesn't take much, huh? You get, oh, if it gets I'm, to 45, then you're, no, you're no, on. No, no, 4-0. <laughs> if it's at 40, 38, 39, I'm on it. I'm, I'm, I'm on from running. Uh, cool. So. Yeah, I heard it about 6.15 this morning uh-huh. in the garage. Yeah. Well, that's... That's a that's a different person, not, right? It wasn't, yes. it wasn't no, not him, not him. Somebody. <laughs> no, who, he, you you need a new muffler. I heard it all the way in Highland Park. Oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, coming up on the Mike Novak show, Carol Freeman, photographer. She is photographing. Yes, yes, extraordinary. And she's photographing the disappearing species in Illinois. How do you Stick do around that? for that. If they're if well, they're disappeared, how can you take a picture of them? We'll you have to find quickly. out. Ah. Captain's log, stardate four two three two six point one. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. Inexplicable, Captain. They appear to be perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Wolf. Killer asparagus was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work, and so am I. Mike Novak was one of the smartest, funniest people in the horticultural world of the 21st century. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Edgar Allan Poe. Raven Gosplach, my favorite holiday dish. Thank you, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Data, options. It seems to be available online at AroundTheBlockPress.com. AroundTheBlockPress.com. What do they have to say? Hmm, it appears that Mike Novak is a slapstick every gardener. I prefer my asparagus with a side of patach Mr. Wolf, are you joking? Actually, Captain, I believe he is choking. DNR Services Unlimited has been serving the north and northwest suburbs since 1992. They can take care of those little problems that never get done. They perform complete bathroom, basement, and kitchen remodels. And if you're looking for a complete home makeover, they can handle that too. Visit their website at RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. That's RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a lot harder to find someone better. Chicagoans use your blue carts to recycle. Bottles, flattened boxes, jugs with the lids on, tin and aluminum cans, juice cartons, and mail. No plastic bags, including store bags, no greasy pizza boxes, styrofoam, disposable coffee cups, light bulbs, napkins, electronics, or shredded paper. Put your items loose in the blue cart and not in a plastic bag. Visit RecycleByCity.com Chicago and let's make Chicago beautiful and green. That sound you hear is my time machine letting me know it's time to return to our own world. This is your talk, WCGO. Hang on. Maybe or maybe not. Hey, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, and we're very pleased to have on the phone line this morning, Carol Freeman. Carol, are you with us? I'm here. Hey. Hi. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Okay. Uh, And it's great to have you here because we keep bumping into you at conferences. You know, uh, when you do things like the Wild Things and uh, Good Food Festival and places like that, uh, a lot of the same faces show up. Not necessarily, well, actually, uh, who attend, but but who set up tables yes. and hawk their wares and, and promote their shows and do things like that. And one of them is Carol Freeman. Um, and uh, she uh, is a photographer and uh, does really, really wonderful stuff. Uh, where do folks go, uh, by the way, to your website? CarolFreemanPhotography.com. Okay, Carol Freeman, photography.com. Now, one of the things you did, uh, and one of the things I really enjoy about your work is your mission. Um, You launched the Endangered Species Photography Project in 2004 um, with the goal 
to capture and archive images of Illinois' fragile ecosystem and various species of animals, insects, and plants uh, in the state uh, that uh, might not be around for that much longer. Uh, Ron Cowgill was just in the studio a second ago from Mighty House Home Improvement Radio, and he asked a very good question. Um, it, it might be the best question to ask uh, to start is, if they're disappearing, how do you get images of them? Well, that is the challenge, isn't it? Um, I started working with nature organizations when I had my graphic design business. And through that affiliation, I got to meet some of the best naturalists in the state. And I also worked with some of the most amazing organizations, the Chicago Botanic Garden, the Nature Conservancy, the Wildlife Discovery Center, and these are the people who are working with monitoring, uh, doing restoration work, um, breeding programs to help mm-hmm. save these species. And they were kind enough to take me out with them into the field and show me these species. Because to be honest, if I had to do it on my own, I'd probably have to kind about now. Some of the species, though, are, are were they initially taking you to like the hidden places? to find them? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going, you know, into the middle of nowhere, Mm -hmm. into big preserves, little preserves. Some of the species um, were educational or they had been temporarily caught for um, scientific purposes. I was able to photograph them before they were re-released back into the the wild. So um, I used every opportunity, every trick, every connection that I had to help me get out and find the species. Now, certain ones I was able to find on my own. Um, you know, birds, you just listen for bird reports, mm-hmm. and if an endangered species was reported, let's say at Montrose, I'd trek on down to Montrose, see if I could find the bird, and if I was lucky, I you know, might get a couple of shots. So, right. uh, you know, certain things I, I can do on my, on my own, but other things where it's, uh, you know, three plants in the middle of 200 acres, I, I'm never going to find them. So... Yeah. I was just going to say, do you find now that some of those uh, naturalists are calling you and saying, hey, we would really like a shot of this species. Can we set up something? On occasion, I do have people who call me up. And uh, the other nice thing is, you know, I've gotten, you know, about 160 of these species already photographed. So uh, people are calling me up and saying, do you have a picture of such and such a species? And it's always delightful for me when I can say, well, as a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let me find it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let me just check through my files here. Yeah, there it is. So of the... I actually, I actually had, the, just one quick thing, I had the uh, Iowa Department of Natural Resources contact me because our states are adjacent and many of the species are endangered in both mm-hmm. states. And they had a list of, I don't know, 50, 60 species. And I'm like, yes, I have that, I have that, I have that. So it was a lovely opportunity for me to take the work that I'm doing here and, you know, have it of benefit in another state as well. Have there been any of the species that you have photographed, which I think is about 160, according to your website, have any of those kind of gotten rarer or or have people said to you, gee, how did you ever get that photo? I've never seen one in my life. (laughs) Well, uh, you know, some of the species are really small and, uh, I think those are the ones that often get overlooked. Um, I guess maybe just the opposite. There's actually been about 10 or so species that when I started this project way back when have been delisted. They've been taken off of the Illinois endangered species list because populations have increased. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. So um, uh, I don't know if any of them have been taken off because they disappeared completely, but um some things do get harder to find, but it's it's a long cycle, so it's sometimes hard to tell if a momentary decrease in numbers may have just been to a drought one year or if their numbers are really and truly declining. So sometimes it takes a longer cycle for that to be flushed out. Are you ever in a blind or something like that or, or, or wading in water uh, at 3 a.m. and wondering <laughs> wondering, what the heck am I doing here? Uh, well, there was one time where I, I drove out to photograph a, 
a rare orchid. And uh, it was a couple hours away, so I was getting up early because I wanted to get there early morning light. And um, the person who was taking me out to the site said, well, you know, we've had a lot of rain, so the mosquitoes are bad. I'm like, well, okay, I've dealt with mosquitoes, and I, I have all my <laughs> protective gear and netting for my face and everything. And, oh, my goodness, I was not prepared. <laughs> the mosquitoes actually warmed the car before we got out. It blackened the windows. Wow. I had never seen so many mosquitoes before in my life. And they were they were biting through my clothes. The, Yikes. The, the, bug, the bug spray and the and the uh, screening did almost nothing to deter them. It was it was a quick trip. I, I would have loved to have spent longer because it was a beautiful little area with some gorgeous orchids. And like I got in, I took the mm-hmm. pictures and I got out. But it was that was one of those moments. Oh my goodness! Can you uh, you don't have to tell us on air, but tell me off air so I never go there uh, at the, <laughs> yeah. at the wrong time. Uh, I don't want to have that happen. We're talking uh, to photographer Carol Freeman, and uh, when you're not photographing endangered species, what are you doing with your photography work? Well, I get out there, you know, almost every day when the weather is cooperative photographing whatever I can find, whether it's migrating birds or butterflies, dragonflies, flowers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a project that I do every May. It's called Every Day in May. I get out every single day, rain or shine, windy, mosquitoes. Cold, and <laughs> yeah. May is glorious. So, <laughs> so you're working for warblers and seeing what else is there. Yeah, and you're working with the Chicago Botanic Garden on their Plants of Concern project? I do work with them, uh, definitely. We have a, a cooperative uh, arrangement where they take me out and help me find the plants, and then I let them use the photograph for the educational purposes. So it's, uh, it's a win-win there, definitely. They're wonderful. So you've got uh, a big deal coming up at Brushwood Center at Ryerson Woods, uh, April 23rd to June 5th. Tell us about it. Well, this is the first big exhibit I've put together of my endangered species, you know, photography project. And uh, it's got an educational component with some nice banners that uh, are suitable for school once this exhibit is done. And there's going to be, I don't know, about 40, 50 pictures up on the walls of some of the maybe more interesting species I've come mm-hmm. across over the last 15 years photographing uh, the endangered species, and should be an interesting exhibit. And you've got the um, the opening event is on April Sunday, April 23rd in the Sunday afternoon. April, yes, Sunday, April 23rd from 1 to 3 over at Brushwood. There'll be refreshments, and uh, hopefully it'll be a beautiful day. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, but it's going to be indoors, right? isn't it? <laughs> Well, it'll be indoors, but it's right there at Ryerson, so hopefully you'll yeah. see the exhibit and we'll take a walk in the woods. Yeah, that sounds great. And, and and you also have some spectacular calendars, and I know mm-hmm. because I have one of them. Yep. So it's one of those calendars you Thank keep. You. That's right. You, I'm going to give you a ding for that, <laughs> Carol. Uh, yeah, you. you do actually. That's something you want to hang and look at because it's just fabulous photographs. Well, again, go to uh, carolfreemanphotography.com to get more information about her work. Uh, you've got a long way to go to get all those species uh, in the camera. So I wish you the best. Uh, this is an important project. Well, thank you very much. I, I look forward every year to getting out and seeing what new species I can find. It's really a thrill. I'm, you know, one of just a handful of people who probably get to even see them in the wild, and uh, I never take that for granted. Yeah, that's a really good point. Is That that puts you in the elite, in, in mm-hmm. a special category, so you get to cherish that. Well, Carol, th- thank you so much. Enjoy this beautiful Saturday, and we'll see you at another event very soon. We'll probably have tables next to each other again. <laughs> Well, wonderful. I hope you can make it out to the uh, opening reception if you've got We're going we're gonna to try to do that, too. Fabulous. Great. Great. Well, thank you so much. All right. Thanks, take care, Carol. Carol. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have you taken advantage of the Mike Novak Show special offer at the Sugar Beet Food Co-op in Oak Park? 
Yes, the Sugar Beet is a community-owned grocery store, but it's open to everyone. It's a beautiful place, and it features local and organic products. Uh, my buddy Carl Zimring, who was on the show last week, was saying, hey, i got to get over there. You know, that's his old stomping ground. Mm-hmm. So stop in, mention the Mike Novak Show, and you'll get $5 off any purchase of $15 or more. The Sugar Beet Food Co-op is at 812 Madison, just west of Oak Park Avenue, and online at Sugar sugarbeet.coop or sometimes coop that's sugarbeet.coop your family and friends both the two-legged and four-legged kinds spend a lot of time in public parks schoolyards and on your own lawn you want those grounds to be not only beautiful but safe that's where logic lawn care comes in logic is an evanston-based company with almost a decade of experience of successfully creating <clears throat> excuse me beautiful lawns naturally your excuse yes <clears throat> With natu- naturally with organic fertilizers and natural weed controls, Logic works with homeowners on the North Shore, but also with schools, park districts, and municipalities across the Chicagoland area. Get a free estimate. Go to LogicLawnCare.com or call 847-421-6500. Get your lawn off drugs this year. Rick DeMaio weather and climate coming up. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Community Supported Agriculture, or CSA, creates a direct relationship between you and a local farmer who grows your food. You support a farmer financially up front, and your farmer provides you with local, sustainably raised food during the growing season. This could be a weekly box of vegetables, a monthly share of meat or eggs, and there are many other options. To find your farmer and the CSA that works best for you, go to bandoffarmers.org. Sign up for your CSA today. One of Evanston's best parties of the year is just around the corner, the 2017 Evanston Green Ball. It supports the Evanston Ecology Center and features great local food and beverages, live music, and an environmental art show. The Green Ball is on Saturday, May 20th from 7 to 10.30 p.m. at the Levy Center, 300 Dodge Avenue in Evanston. Go to evanstonenvironment.org for more information and to buy your tickets. See you at the Green Ball. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at MikeNow. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, mike at mikenovak.net. Speaking of the website, podcasts and blog posts are available every week at mikenovak.net. And while you're there, sign up for those posts and our newsletter on the homepage. And please support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at mikenovak.net. Mighty House is on WCGO and better than ever. More better. Hi, this is Robbie Earhart with Mighty House Radio Show. I'm Rich Cowkill, certified remodeler, green certified professional, and chief estimator for a major custom home builder. Ron Cowgill, certified remodeler, certified kitchen and bath remodeler, certified green remodeler, certified uh, home and what's that last one? I don't remember. Listen to us every Saturday from 7 to 10 a.m. right here on WCGO. Your talk. This is your talk. Only on 1590. Your talk. WCGO Evanston, Chicago. Got some disco going this morning. On the radio. Because we have our meteorologist uh, who is not only on the radio, but he's on the TNV. And that's Rick DeMaio. Saw you last Sunday, Rick. And I heard you were on during um, the week, too. I was on last night again at 9 o'clock. Oh. You see, I asked you to send me the schedule. No, no, no. I don't like to do that. <laughs> no, you don't. How else am I going to follow you? But I'm not going to watch Fox all day long, so. <laughs> why? Why? Who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody does anything all day long anymore. You know, in the old days, people, oh, people would have their radios glued to their favorite station mm-hmm. or their TVs. Glued mm-hmm. to their favorite state. Nobody does that anymore. It's, we're so we're all over the map now. My grandmother would be um, listening to WBBM News Radio seventy eight all day. Yeah, I, you know, I don't. You know, you go into retirement community and they'll have you know the Fox News channel on, and it may be on TV and may be muted, and the, the husband will walk by and make the volume up to thirty, and then the 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 wife will come over and make it down to ten, you know, because it's too yeah, loud because he doesn't have his hearing aided. But um, 
Well, but that's know, that's people... different. No, 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 that's different in a public place <laughs> where 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 these uh, folks put on that network <laughs> and they, and it's on all day. That's a different story. I'm talking about oh, at home. I, I see it. At yeah. home, mm-hmm. where you have mm-hmm. choices, where you have options, and people right, right. choose a lot of. There's a lot of stuff to distract you and to entertain you. So, well, yeah, uh, and, all right. And, well, tell me right now, on. when are you going to be on Fox again? <laughs> Uh, tomorrow morning, seven to nine. All right, I won't be up. Um, yeah, I know. So I'll be up at uh, I'll be up at four a.m. Um, of course, and in the studio by five. Yep. Um, and then again, I'll be on tomorrow night at nine. So I got a split shift there. Wow. Uh, so I know. Go figure out how. Well, you, you know, know, no, but that's that's part of the deal, being the fill-in guy. But uh, see, right. I, I will watch right. tomorrow night at nine. I'll, I'll I'll catch your act then. So, folks, check uh, Channel 32, as they used to call it, at uh, Comcast 12 on my mm-hmm. dial and, uh, you know, Fox yeah. Fox I'll, Chicago and Rick DeMaio weather. Yeah, otherwise known as field communication. You know, FLD stands for field communication because it was um, uh, Marshall Field, part of that, way back when. You know that? I did not know that. Well, yeah. yeah. Oh, come on. You knew that, a radio guy like You know, you I know probably that. did and had forgotten it. I've forgotten right. it, you right. know, right. six or seven times. <laughs> All right, right. Now, it, you, came, it came up in a conversation. So, and then I'll be on again uh, Wednesday at noon. So that's kind of like my schedule for the month of April: Wednesday at noon, and then Sunday and uh, morning and Sunday evening. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, probably not during the month of May because May is sweeps month, so no one's able to take vacation. But then I'll probably be filling in uh, in the month of uh, June, um, and then that should be it. The new person is hired. She begins the end of June, and and that'll be my stint. So. Uh, um, oh, come on. Filling in. They got to yeah, keep no, I'm serious. No, 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 no. That's fine. That's all right. Fine. All right. Um, I'm just yeah, keep hoping have, that they'll, have... they'll rediscover you and say, oh, come on. Well, how did we ever let them go in the first place? That's crazy. Well, that's management changes. I mean, you know how that goes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, absolutely. Been there, done that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, hey, uh, listen. Go you go you yeah, sent yeah. us some uh, uh, good maps here. Yeah. Uh, uh, pre- precipitation maps and uh, freeze mm-hmm. maps, which are very important yeah. to gardeners. Uh, one yeah. of which is the, the precipitation map. I didn't realize that we had a bullseye on Chicago there. there we got a lot of rain in the past few day, <laughs> days, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we have. And I, I think part of the reason why um, it hasn't been that noticeable uh, is because it's come in, in small chunks over, you know, a long period of time. I, I think I mentioned last night um, we had 12 out of the 14, 12 out of the last 14 days with uh, measurable rainfall. Um, that totaled nearly three and a half to four inches in some areas. Uh, the last 30 days, nearly six inches. Um, and since the first of the year, you know, almost 11 inches in some areas. But if you think about it, Mike and Peg, it's not been raining on ground that is frozen and with piles of snow that are melting. So this has been a really nice, slow transition with a lot of infiltration, a lot of percolation of this rain into just about everywhere it could possibly run off. Uh, in fact, yesterday, um, I had two classes that I taught. <laughs> I don't know how I made it into the nine o'clock show. I, taught I don't two either. Classes, two three-hour classes. I finished up at four o'clock and walked down to the studio at five and uh, put together a show and was on at nine. Yikes! Um, and it's funny when I went into the local CVS there to buy a um, a canister or whatever you want to call it, a container of um, facial cream. You know, to help your face kind of get moistened up after you take <laughs> off the makeup. Sure. I, I stopped in the, I stopped in a liquor aisle and picked up a fifth of Maker's Mark. So, um. <laughs> Oh, let's give the man a ding for that. All right. <laughs> that was that was my treat last night for, for a, you. Um, That's a good treat. A long weekend. But but I but I, I I did open up the cream in the car and not the Maker's Mark. So I did That's everything a good right. Thing. Uh, good, yes. Yeah, that's a good thing. But it, it was interesting why I was talking to my students who were doing a lesson on flooding, and I talked about how flooding is a um, not only a meteorological event but a human-induced event. And if you look at the areas, particularly in northern Illinois, um, how many areas now are in flood zones or not are in flood zones but are flooded compared to what they were 50 years ago? You know, almost three-quarters of all um, flood-related insurance claims are outside of flood zones. So that tells you that either, A, we're getting more rain, uh, B, it's becoming a little bit more variable, or C, humans are building in places where they shouldn't, or D, there's D, there's actually four here, uh, that the humans are actually building away, or I should say building in the flood zone, 
uh, and not allowing the water to get into the rivers uh, the most the natural way that they should be. But this spring has not been like that. It's it's been it's been wet. It's been warm. We haven't had much snow, so the rain that we've had has gotten into the soil nicely. So this kind of goes back to your observation, Mike, that it doesn't seem like there's been a lot of rain, but there actually has been. It's mm-hmm. just come at the right time in the right place. Or E, all of the above. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then some. And right? then, well, but, but uh, you know, I've yeah. worked, I've had the rain-ready people from Chicago uh Center, wait, the Center for New Technology and Harriet Festing. Neighborhood Technology. Uh, a neighborhood, thank you. Center for Neighborhood Technology. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that they've talked about is how we have built uh, infrastructure to cause flooding. We didn't do it on purpose, but all the right. Im- impervious payment, impermeable right. payment. I can't say anything today. There's <laughs> nothing coming out of my mouth that is correct. Uh, but we have impermeable pavement and it all sits right. there and we have created right. flood areas mm-hmm. and most of the insurance. Co- covers people who are not in floodplains because right. they're they're right. the ones getting flooded it's really weird mm-hmm. yeah yeah we, we kind of did things wrong for many many years um and it's a lot harder to fix a problem um that you created yourself and it's a lot cheaper to remedy the situation through mitigation uh, and adaptation techniques uh before you start to build and you know loyola university is one of those uh, that has successfully built all of their new um, walkways along the campuses with permeable pavement. Yeah. Uh, White Sox Ballpark, one of their parking lots, is all permeable. And, you know, not only does it help, you know, reduce flooding, but it gets the water back into the ground, mm-hmm. into the areas where the plants and shrubs and, uh, you know, basically your public spaces needs it. And I think that's one of the great things about understanding that sustainability just isn't about you know, turning off the lights and throwing out the garbage yeah. the right way, like yeah. recycling, but it also has to do with knowing how to, you know, recycle your rainwater. Okay, properly. well, you got about 30 seconds for a forecast here. Yeah. yeah, so one of the things I talked about last night is whether or not we're going to see any freezes um, still in the Chicagoland area. I think the chances of that are pretty much less than 10%. So beautiful today, mid-60s today, mid-70s tomorrow. Maybe a little bit of light rain, maybe a half inch on Monday. I don't think the Cubs game is going to be rained out. And then temperatures kind of on the cool side. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of next week, back in the 50s. But overall, nothing in the way of any heavy rain around here for a week. And we definitely need the break, and we definitely got it this week, Mike and Peg. All right. Rick DeMaio, I'll see you on TV tomorrow night and talk to you here next week. Okay, sounds good. Have a good weekend, Mike. All right, you too. too. I want to thank John Lardner from uh, Patriot Acres LLC for coming into the studio. Carol Freeman, photographer, and I hope you're able to catch her exhibit uh, that opens on the 23rd. Of course, Rick DeMaio and special guest star Ron Cowgill. So until next week, go green or go home. Yeah, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.